Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the transgressors' memorial service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew remembering those who we have lost. The first remembrance is for everyone who participated in making the Conservative Dad pinup calendar, a 2024 collection of pictures of sexy far-right women produced by the apostates who created ultra-right beer as an alternative to Bud Light during the Great Dylan Mulvaney Lamentation of 2024. The so-called pinup calendar is really a heretical celebration of juvenile conservative fantasy featuring radio host Dana Lash menacing viewers with two murder-stick assault weapons, Swimmer and cisgender activist Riley Gaines laying on her back poolside in a bikini. Commentator Ashley St. Clair taking a bubble bath in lingerie. Non-winning congressional candidate Catalina Lauf wearing heels and daisy dukes in front of a climate-killing 76 stingray. And influencer Sarah Gonzalez lighting the holy pages of the New York Times on fire with a giant cigar. I know, it's hard to even hear about such a sacrilege. But the worst image, surely, is Josie the red-headed libertarian setting women's rights back 50 years by posing in a kitchen, holding a freshly made pie, wearing heels and a dress barely larger than her apron with a cross hanging on the wall, metaphorically beckoning conservative heterosexuals to come back with her 70 years to the dark ages of the two-parent, one-income, stay-at-home mom fantasy of all conservatives. Yes, this calendar is painful to see. Now, just to be clear, we of course don't mind the objectification of women, per se, our views on human sexuality depend on mutual, consensual objectification since we believe humans are basically nothing more than moderately advanced animals and thus whatever we do to grunt and rut our way to physical gratification is just plain fine. Now the real problem with this calendar is its unrepentantly cisgender heteronormativity and body shaming. These are all clearly straight women who were identified female at birth and intending to appeal to straight conservative men identified male at birth with no space being made for lesbian, bisexual, or transgender persons at all. Also, they're all impossibly thin and pretty, contributing to the ongoing marginalization of all women who dare to eat carbs or refuse to wear makeup, paint their nails, don short skirts, or otherwise gussy themselves up merely to seduce their man prey. An ugly message for such pretty girls. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second. Duncan. Formerly known as Dunkin' Donuts, a name change we fully support since we believe everyone should be allowed to change their names and identities for any reason or for no reason at all. Duncan is currently being sued for shamelessly discriminating against vegans and the lactose intolerant everywhere by charging more for coffee drinks made with non-dairy milk substitutes. Duncan will eagerly substitute fat-free skim or whole milk for its standard 2% at no charge for people who do not object to the oppression of cows. But when the ethically enlightened and those with lactose disability force them to order soy or oat milk for their coladas or iced macchiatos, Duncan bilked them for anywhere from 50 cents to $2 per drink to the tune of a whopping $250 million in profits from their price gouging. This atrocious practice is both viewpoint discrimination and also a clear case of price bigotry in violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Now we know the apologists for Big Donut argue that these milk substitutes cost more to offer and Duncan is merely passing the extra cost along to their consumers. But why is it the fault of the lactose intolerant, the morally enlightened, or those who merely prefer the taste of oat milk in their cappuccino, that the ingredients they need cost more? 
It costs more to provide wheelchair ramps and self-opening doors, but we don't allow restaurants to charge a ramp and door surcharge to paraplegics, do we? No. I say make the donut barons shoulder this burden, not the coffee proletariat. Duncan must pay for the food injustice they've been pouring out all these years. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, we want to extend our most sincere approval to Emma Flint of the United Kingdom for introducing us to a fine piece of next-generation, cutting-edge sexual orientation terminology, abrosexual. As she wrote in Metro UK, Emma had to wait all the way until the ripe old age of 30 to discover a label that finally described her own sexual orientation, which oscillates between pure lesbianism some days and bisexuality other days, and even occasionally total asexuality. As she notes, peers were skeptical at first, wanting to limit her to one or the other classification or saying that she was just being difficult. But she knew that she was orientation fluid and shouldn't have to be contained in the artificial constraints of any of the more traditional compartments of the holy acronym string. No, she understood that the correct answer to, what's your orientation, Emma, was always going to be, well, what time is it? Or at least, hold on a moment, let me check. Not always being sure to whom she might be attracted on a given day, Emma at first struggled with how to even know what her orientation was. But with some help from the International Sexual Orientation Nomenclature Society, or ISONS, she developed a handy pocket flip chart so that abrosexuals everywhere can now simply look at some picture sets, decide what gives them a tingle at the moment, and then know whether they are feeling straight, gay, bi, tri, tetra, poly, or asexual at any given time. Truth be told, things aren't even this clear because sometimes it's more of a lean rather than a yes-no. Like just last Wednesday, Emma was feeling bisexual with a lesbian lean, meaning she was mainly interested in women, but she'd take a man if that's all that was available, or if she'd been drinking too much, sort of like she'd been at the bar too long and was now wearing her gender goggles. We've long known you cannot control whom you love, and now we know you cannot control which kind of people you love, and so we celebrate the honesty and the pioneering courage of Emma to recognize that even sexual orientation itself might be fluid, giving any of us the power to tell an unwanted suitor, I'm sorry, but I just don't think I'm into your gender right now. So with that, we heartily welcome the newest edition of the holy acronym string, the second A for abrosexual. Let all adherents of LGBTQIAA plus everywhere celebrate. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Before we dismiss, I'd like to observe a moment of silence for the recent loss of Sister Tabitha's favorite tambourine. This tambourine had been to 14 Black Lives Matter rallies, three climate justice events, two different burning mans, and even helped raise a holy ruckus in solidarity with Hollywood writer strike just last year. Tragically, Tabitha lost her grip on the beloved clangor in a moment of uncontrolled exuberance during a solidarity sit-in with former Harvard President Claudine Gay last month. The damage was irreparable. For those wishing to contribute to her tambourine replacement fund, a donation box made of recycled Kleenex is in the rear of the sanctuary. Thank you for that moment. Refreshments this week are provided by Nuts and Butts, handcrafted cigarette alternatives made from a wide variety of nuts, berries, and legumes. Smoked nuts aren't just for eating anymore. Enjoy a hand-rolled 80-20 cashew and Brazil nut blend cigarette just like the Aztecs used to. Try their unfiltered almond cigarello for a real dose of excitement. As they like to say, if you can roll it, you can smoke it. Nuts and butts. It's healthier than crystal meth. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more.